Would you lift your voices and give praise to your King today? Aren't you glad He is King of kings and Lord of lords? Aren't you thankful that His kingdom is above every other thing in your life? Aren't you thankful that that King sits high and lifted up and His victorious train fills the temple? Oh, hallelujah. Could we lift our voices and give another shout of praise to that King? Those of you online, would you lift your voices right there in your homes and give God a shout of praise? We celebrate your kingdom today. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We feel His victory in this house. And we are so excited and thankful for that. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I, again, also want to say a big thank you for your faithfulness. For everyone that's here, of course, we're under a mask order from the city of Austin, and I appreciate your compliance with that. And uh, none of us really likes to worship with our mouth and nose covered. Uh, but if that's what it takes to be able to gather here with you, then I'm more than willing to do it. Amen. And so I thank you for your cooperation very much with that. And as Brother Seth mentioned, your ongoing faithfulness in your giving, it is greatly appreciated, but... Uh, it's not really uh, for the church's benefit. We, we are investing our lives into something eternal. Amen. And what a joy, what a privilege we have to be able to participate in the ongoing work of God. And uh, we are the beneficiaries when we give, whether it's of our time, our talent, our treasure, whatever it is. As Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so I am so thankful that we have a, a giving church, that we have a church that is... Uh, giving in so many ways that exceed the obvious things that we usually associate with giving. Amen. Well, don't get out of your seat or touch anyone, but maybe turn again and just kind of give someone a hand wave. Maybe that person across the uh, church you've been trying to get. Amen. Good to see so many of you here today. Amen. I want to share something with you today that I hope is helpful and uh, something that's been on my heart and mind. The uh, Grand Canyon is one of the natural wonders of the world. I'm sure many of you have been there or desire to go there. At its widest point, the Grand Canyon is 17 miles across. The average distance across is 10 miles. The canyon reaches a depth of more than 6,000 feet. That's more than a mile. The canyon stretches for more than 277 miles. The Grand Canyon National Park is bigger than the state of Rhode Island. And much of the canyon lies outside the park. There are an estimated 1,000 caves buried in the walls of the Grand Canyon. And of those, only 335 have been recorded. And even fewer have been mapped or explored. The remnants of ancient civilizations are throughout the canyon. You can see etched on the sides of the walls the evidence of past civilizations and communities that made that place their home. People lived there, mothers and fathers with children. I'm sure there were hardships, but there were also 
times of laughter. There were also family meals around campfires. There were also moments where fathers taught young boys how to fish or hunt in the bottom of the canyon. According to the way scientists date things, they say the Grand Canyon displays 40% of Earth's history. In their terms, the Grand Canyon shows in its layers 1.75 billion years in its rocky layers. And yet, the Grand Canyon displays a geological phenomenon known as the Great Unconformity. The phenomenon refers to the fact that 250 million year old rock layers lie directly on top of 1.2 billion year old rock layers. And no one knows what happened to the hundreds of millions of rock layers that are missing in between them. The best explanation that the scientists have is that there was a cataclysmic event at some moment. Sort of pulled them out sideways and threw them away. Another option is that they have grossly miscalculated the age of rocks. But that's too easy. Another option is that the earth perhaps was created with mystery and wonder. But it remains a source of bewilderment to the best minds in science. The Grand Canyon calls into question supposed scientific fact and method. Whatever their meaning, as you descend into the canyon, you can see and touch these stones. You can also see and touch fossils of creatures. Creatures which once lived in water. Although their fossils are embedded over a mile above the bottom of the canyon where there is water. The canyon is home to 450 species of birds, 91 species of animals, 18 species of fish. There are 58 species of amphibian and reptile in the canyon. 1,443 species of invertebrates and almost 2,000 species of plants grow in the canyon. And the most dangerous animal in the canyon is actually a squirrel. There's a town inside the canyon, I don't know if you knew this, with a population of 208, the Supai Village is the most remote community in the continental United States. It is accessible only by helicopter on foot or on mule. Supai is eight miles from the nearest road. And it has no automobiles in the community. Only 12 people have walked on the moon. And only 12 people have hiked the entire length of the Grand Canyon. You may not have known this, but the Federal Aviation Administration exists because of the Grand Canyon. The experience of the overwhelming majority of people who make a journey to the Grand Canyon is one of awe. The immensity, the uniqueness, the vastness of the canyon 
These things are, are, are literally overwhelming and it is breathtaking to stand on the rim of the canyon and peer into what seems to be eternity. According to park surveys, the typical stay at the Grand Canyon is five to seven hours. However, the average time spent looking at the canyon is 17 minutes. 17 minutes. 17 minutes to contemplate unanswered questions. 17 minutes to comprehend the unexplainable. 17 minutes to absorb wonder. 17 minutes to consider our origins, our history, the immensity of our world, and much more the, the immensity of the universe. It takes hours, if not days, to reach the Grand Canyon and typically thousands of dollars for vacations to get there. And the average person spends 17 minutes and turns and walks away. A visit to the Grand Canyon is on many people's short list of must-see adventures and experiences for their lifetime. And yet when they get there, the average person spends 17 minutes. 17 minutes of wonder. And then people turn around. And they head back to their hotel. And they spend the rest of their week on social media. If you ever visit the Grand Canyon, don't leave the rim wishing you had stayed longer. And don't leave the park wishing you had seen more. As I was reading these statistics this week and the facts about the canyon, I was struck by the parallels with our experiences with God. Paul wrote to the Ephesians that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to challenge each one of us today to look into the great chasm of the love of God. It is wider than you can see across. It is deeper than you can climb. It is longer than you can imagine. And don't be quick to walk away from the brink and get back on social media or buried in problems and shortcomings. Don't stumble into the ditch of your own weaknesses while you stand on the edge of the indescribable, limitless chasm of the love of God. Go ahead and drink the mystery. Go ahead and explore the depths of the mystery of the love of God. His love is indescribable. His love is irrefutable. His love is without limit. His love, it envelops us and it engulfs us. His love, it dwarfs us. His love swallows us up. 
His love is infinitely greater than any of us are. There are deep mysteries we only have begun to contemplate concerning the love of God. Why does He do it? How does He do it? Why won't He stop doing it? What more does He have? What must it be like to know more? The average visitor at the Grand Canyon looks at the canyon for 17 minutes and turns and walks away. Stirred? Yes. Moved? Yes. Overwhelmed? Yes. But do they experience all that they could have experienced? No. Do they learn all that they could have learned? No. Do they discover new things? No. Do they give wonder the same time they give social media? No. Do they go deeper than the tour guide? No. Do they go deeper than the people they travel with? No. As long as you stay on the rim, you will never see the layers. As long as you stay on the rim, you will never experience the fullness. As long as you stay on the rim where the admission is cheap, you will never be an experiencer of the depths and the beauty and the riches of what there is to offer. As long as you stay on the rim, you will be deprived of even great riches and beauty and splendor. As you stand on the rim of the love of God, I want to ask every one of us today, will you stare for 17 minutes on a Sunday and turn and walk away? Will you feel His presence but leave? Will you be moved but then leave? Will you look and leave? Is there desire to go deeper? Is there desire to know more? Is there desire to experience more than others do? Do you have more than 17 minutes of one? before it all wears away. I need to tell you here today that there are layers upon layers of the love of God. I need to tell you today that no matter how great the worship was in this house today, it is a rim experience. I need to tell you today that no matter how moving it is to be in this house, we're standing on the rim simply looking into the chasm of the mighty love of God Almighty. I need to tell you today that there is layer after layer after layer. There is depth that you don't know. There is, there is richness and beauty and complexity that you have not discovered. There is a place in God that none of us have made it to. There's one step farther than where you have gone. There's one step deeper than where you are today. I've come to tell you today that there are layers and layers and layers and layers upon layers of the goodness and the mercies and the graces and the love of God and I've also come to challenge you to dig deep and go down and experience what God has for you there, there, is a, there is a rim experience where you love God and God loves you and everything is okay but there is a deeper experience where everything goes wrong in your life and you find yourself descending, 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 going lower, lower, lower. And as you descend, temperatures change. As you descend, the plant species are different. 
as you descend, new species of animals are present. Down, down, down. But the farther you go, you also see more of the beauty and of the grandeur and of the magnificent, limitless love of God. Yes, the journey is arduous, but what you learn in the descent is many times more valuable than what you get from standing on the rim. I've come to tell you today that there are places that you go that, that, that reveal to you and they, can, they, they, they release to you experiences of how good God is. And those experiences are not always on the rim and they're not always with the crowd. They're with the few, the hand few, the handful who say, I want to go down deeper into God. I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. I want to know God more than standing on a rim and singing the song but I want to know the depths the width and the height and the breadth of the love of God that's what I desire but hardship or not the canyon is still there mountains beg us come up higher but canyons call us to come deeper. You may not even know where the path leads, but there is a tug, a pull, a magnetism, a yearning for something more. You've had the experience. You come to church, it's fantastic. You come to church, it is deep. You come to church and you are moved, but it quickly becomes a memory as we head on to our normal circumstances of life. That's a rim experience. That's the tourist who comes for hours and perhaps days and spends thousands of dollars and stays for 17 minutes and they look and they take it in and they go home. But I want you to know there's more than that. I want you to know that it's deeper than that. I want you to know that it actually is accessible. You may think that it's for the super saints or you may think that it is beyond comprehension uh, or, or beyond your ability to experience, but it is not. It is actually very accessible. You can experience all standing on the rim, but there is so much more. What you learn lingering at an altar, it's far greater than what you get only attending a service and going home. What you learn in private prayer, it's far greater than what you get if you only come to church. What you learn pursuing God through disciplines and consecration is so much more and so much, so much deeper and so much more powerful than standing on the rim on Sundays. Oh, you could look at it as that's hard. You could look at it as that requires discipline. You could look at it as that requires extra gear. You could look at it as, well, that's not for me. You can look at it in all those ways. But can I tell you the journey of living for Jesus Christ under the discipline of His Spirit and seeking Him with everything you have. There are depths that are unfathomable to everyone else. There are places that no one else sees. There are things that you experience that no one else knows. I want to challenge you today. Go there in Him. Go deep in Him. Seek after the love of God. Let me illustrate. Religious leaders in the days of Jesus found a woman in the act of adultery. 
in their hypocrisy, they don't bring the man, they just bring the woman. And they bring the woman to Jesus and they, they basically point out what should be done to her, but they're trying to, they're trying to ensnare Jesus. They don't care about the woman. She's a prop for them trying to get to Jesus. Sounds like politics. And Jesus, Jesus simply stoops down, starts writing in the sand with his finger. And he says, those of you who are without sin may cast the first stone. You can stone her, that's what the law says. And one by one, from the most senior to the youngest, they dropped their stones and they walked away. Can you imagine the immensity of the weight? Lifted off the shoulders of that woman. Can you imagine not only the guilt and the struggle and the shame and the humiliation of the sin going public, but also the, the sentence of death that comes with it. And as the executioners stand by with stones in their hands, Jesus intervenes and he just gives a little counsel and everyone begins to walk away. Can you imagine the liberation of this woman? That's a rim experience. That's peering into and across the great chasm of the love of God. And that's what all of us have. And that's how all of us feel when we come to know God. And that's what we feel in this place week after week. But Jesus tells her, go and don't sin anymore. That was the trailhead that got her into the canyon. You can stay on the top and, and, and be inspired by the mystery of it and by the power of it all and by the, by the vastness of it. Or you can start walking in it. And Jesus invited her to descend down into the depths of his love. And he's telling her, this isn't 17 minutes with me and you in the middle of the road forgiving you. But there is a place you can go and you can walk in me and you can know me and you can have relationship with me. It's not just about a one-time experience. It's not just about what you feel. It's not just about emotion. It's not just about that conversion. But he said, you can go deeper in me. Go and don't sin anymore. Why? Because that's the gateway to joy. That's the gateway to fellowship. That's the gateway to having an intimacy with God. That's a, that's a gateway of being in His presence. A rim experience. Versus going down into the depths of the love of God. There was another woman recorded in the Gospels. It's a woman of sin. It's a woman with a very colorful lifestyle, to say the least. But Jesus forgave her too. If you read the pattern of the Gospels, Jesus made it a very dogged habit to find broken people and put them back together. I don't care where you are today, what you're facing, it's not beyond the reach of Jesus. I don't care what you're going through, it's not beyond the reach of Jesus. And Jesus forgave her. What, what joy! Society says no, but God says yes. 
Religion says no, but Jesus says yes. The elders say get out of here, but the church and the bride say come. I tell you there is joy in heaven, rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents. Oh, the beauties and the power of the transforming grace of God that we experience and we witness ongoing basis. And as she stood on that rim of the chasm of God's love that day, she was given forgiveness. And she was given strength. And she was given a new lease on life. And she was restored to dignity. But that woman... We don't have to read about her ever again. Like all the countless thousands of people that met Jesus on the rim of His love and we never read of them again. But she decided to go deeper. And she finds her way to Jesus at some later point in time, we don't know the chronology. And Jesus is in the house of a man named Simon, a Pharisee. And she comes and starts to put pricely, costly ointment on Jesus' feet and to shed tears on his feet and dry his feet with her hair. What is she doing? She's going beyond the rim experience that everybody else has. And she's realizing there's something deeper here. There's something more here. There's relationship here. There is depth here. There is more that I can know of Him sitting at His feet. There is more than I can experience of Him serving Him and pouring out for Him and sacrificing for Him. She leaves the rim of the public experience, the rim where everybody else stands in the market gawking at the goodness and the mercies of God, where everyone else is confused and bewildered at how this man who claims to be God can love something like that. She goes beyond that with everyone else and she finds that trailhead that leads down, 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 down into the depths of the love of God. And I don't know what she ultimately became or did, but she had a relationship with God. Why? Because she left the 17-minute experience. And she turned it into a life pursuit, chasing after the God who had changed her life. I could go on. There was a woman at a well in Samaria. Similar but different situation. Been married five times, the man she's with is not her own. Jesus calls her out. Jesus will call you out if you're living in sin. Not to humiliate you, but to restore you and deliver you. Jesus calls her out. They have this theological and historical conversation. Jesus is not, you know, he, he's willing to talk to her, but she's trying to shift the conversation. Jesus says no. He gets back to the heart of the point. And she says, basically, you're the Messiah. She has this revelation. She goes back, tells all of her people. All of Samaria comes out and there's a, there's a great revival seed that begins to get sowed in Samaria that we probably see ultimately fleshed out later. What's she doing? 
She can sit on the rim of the well and enjoy the goodness of God. She can sit on the rim of the well and love God. She can sit on the rim of the well and feel the forgiveness and strength that Jesus Christ breathes into someone when he speaks dignity back into them. She can sit there and experience that, but she decides to go deeper. Jesus says, go get your husband. I don't have one. You're right, you don't. And she goes and brings the whole town back to him. Why? She is exploring the depths of the love of God. She is exploring layer after layer after layer. Can I tell you, you don't know all about him? There's more to him than you know. There's more to him than you have experienced. There's more to him than I know. Would you seek him? Would you find that entry point? It's probably down to get you there. But as you descend down, there are strata that you've never known in God before. And what I would like to encourage you today is that no matter the challenge or the struggle, in those struggles there are things there that you can experience. You don't see them on the rims. You can't touch the rocks and you can't touch the layers while you're on the rim. You can't ponder the fossils and you can't see the flora. You can't experience it all up there. But when you get down there's stuff in God don't let your questions get in the way of your pursuit of God I gave you a brief summary of this magnificent canyon that I'm using as a metaphor today and there's a lot of questions I have about it there's a lot of things that don't make sense from a scientific standpoint they make perfect sense from a creation standpoint. There's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of stuff. And if I just sit in front of my computer and get bewildered at the questions, I'll never go there. Most of you have hurt and pain in your life. Most of you have questions that have yet to be answered in your life. Most of you have circumstances and situations in families, on jobs, in church perhaps even, in various situations, extended family, whatever the case might be, maybe even from years gone by. You have questions, you have hurts, there's roadblocks, there's things, there's, there's stuff. And if you wait and insist on getting all of that taken care of before you make a step, you won't make the step. There are some things at the top at the rim that I'm not particularly fond of. Some of the ways they've done some of their lodging and, you know, I think the coffee shop's pretty pathetic. There's a lot of things like that at the top of the rim. A lot of things up there that just, you know. But I can guarantee you if I'm 6,000 feet down, I don't really care what they're drinking at the top of the rim. The healing virtue of the love of God. The healing power of the love of God. The psalmist in the 27th Psalm, he said, One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. To 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I got to get to the bottom. I've got to get away from this rim experience. I've desired one thing and one thing only to behold the beauty of God. You know how the 23rd Psalm ends? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Away from the rim. Away from the superfluous stuff. Away from the cell signals. Away from the commonality that is so prevalent at the top. And the shared, common, sometimes shallow experience of the masses. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever. I want us to stand and go to the Lord in prayer. I know this is somewhat of a unique sermon, but I feel the drawing love of God in my life. I feel the, the tug of the love of God in our church. We can argue about theology at the rim all day long. We can talk about what kind of backpack you ought to have. We can debate about whether you ought to use trekking poles. We can talk about whether you need more water, less water. If you need, you know, to have some powder in your water, whether you need salty snacks or, or calories. We can debate all that stuff at the top of the trail and never, ever, ever, ever get on the trail. Truth matters. Facts matter. Yes. But sometimes you can get so hung up on just facts and stuff that it paralyzes you. It's paralysis by analysis. Can't move, can't go, can't do. Why? I'm stuck. As I preached or taught a few weeks ago, I want to challenge you to just put one foot in front of the other. Walk into the depths of the love of God. I feel His presence here right now. Would you just lift your voice to Him for a moment right now where you are? I wonder if you feel that hunger, that desire to know more about the love of God. I wonder if you feel that desire, that call, that yearning, that tugging on your spirit. Those of you that are watching at home, I hope and trust you can feel the depth and the sincerity that's in this room right now. And I ask you, join us in prayer, would you please? Could we just ask the Lord to lead us? We all have a unique journey. We, we all got here in a different way. We all have different stuff. Don't assume that your baggage is heavier than the person next to you. You don't know what people are carrying. But I know this, wherever you are, God's love is an overwhelming all-encompassing experience that compared to you is of, it's of infinite length and width and depth and height. 
would you lift your voices to him? You're welcome to come pray if you want, but I don't want you to feel any pressure to do anything, but talk to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. If you choose to come, please distance, and as we move towards the end of our service, please don't block our aisles, particularly along the back wall. It gets crowded there. You can step into the foyer and fellowship and visit as long as you'd like. I just want to go deeper in the love of God. I want to go where most people don't go. I want to experience what most people don't experience. That's it. Would you just invite the Lord into your life right now? Would you invite Him to show you the path forward right now? Hallelujah. If you're watching online, would you open your hearts in prayer right now? Would you join us in seeking and searching after the Lord right now? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift, lift your voice, entertain Him, welcome Him. Welcome Him in, welcome Him in right now. Hallelujah. 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 This is what I'm talking about. We're going beyond the rim of just a Sunday service, but a pursuit of the love of God. It's not a burden. It's not hard. It's not it's not a penalty. It doesn't get in the way of lunch. I just want to be there. I want to see. I want to see things in God I've not seen before. I want Him to touch parts of me He hasn't touched
I'm in love with you, Jesus. In all of all you are, I'm giving everything. I'm giving everything away. The sound of heaven.
Yeah. 